Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, welcome to episode 241. Who's up this week? Three guesses. Go to summer camp with the Boo Crew and two of the stars of the Netflix horror phenomenon, the Fear Street Trilogy. We descend into Sarah Fear's caves with the incredible Ryan Simpkins and Olivia Scott Welch. They are two hardcore horror fans, and we get all into their love of the genre, the films that help them bring their characters, Alice and Sam, to life in Fear Street, the stories behind the most brutal kills, the amazing practical effects work, and so much more. As we gear up for the release of the final installment, Fear Street 1666, at time of release out this Friday. The latest Fear Street 1978, currently the number one movie on Netflix. Shady Siders Unite for episode 241 starts now. Hello? It's not over. You are our last chance. How do we end this? You have to go back. 1978. The first day of camp. Sorry, I'm back! I'm out of space! Looks like blood. Do you have a better idea? Maybe. Who are you? Nick Good. Bad things always happen to Shady Siders. You feel it, don't you? There's something holding us down. Who's seen us? Run! One way or another, you're gonna die tonight. There it is. It's not just a diary, it's a map. I'm not letting you die. My sister's still out there. Go, guys, go! We can end this. You! You swore it's becoming a habit. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining Bloody Disgusting's Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio are two phenomenal and exciting creators with a history of the coolest projects ever. First off, an award-winning and Fangoria Chainsaw-nominated actor, producer, and director whose feature debut was in the 2006 Sundance smash Sherry Baby alongside Maggie Gyllenhaal. Followed that up by being one of the kids in the most outrageous show I think we've ever seen, Wonder Shows In. Oh, my I God. I love Wonder Shows In. I love Wonder Shows In. Brought characters to life in the Emmy-winning Wonder Pets. Starred with John Malkovich in Gardens of the Night, the Oscar-nominated Revolutionary Road with Leo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Oliver Silver's acclaimed indie film Arcadia, the Oscar-nominated A Single Man, Ed Norton and Colin Farrell's Pride and Glory, and so much more. She's also written and directed her own short film, Sitter Street, Because It Mattered in 19 on Fire. She's bold, inspiring, and adventurous. We welcome Ryan Simpkins. 
also here with us, making her debut in 2015's The Dunes Club, Marvel's Agent Carter, and the 22-time Emmy-winning Modern Family, all in the first two years of her professional acting career. She quickly found herself in Netflix's Unbelievable alongside Tony Collette, last year's South by Southwest winning Shithouse, right before being cast as the lead, Heather Nill in Amazon's wonderfully captivating original series, Panic, based on Lauren Oliver's best-selling novel. She's got a charismatic and powerful presence that is so damn unique the entire world is taking notice and it's just the beginning she's the amazing olivia welch together they star in netflix's brand new films based on rl stein's classic novels set across three time periods 1994 1978 and 1666 after a series of brutal slayings the teen and her friends take on the curse of an evil witch that's plagued their town of shadyside for centuries stars of the fear street trilogy once again olivia scott welch and ryan simpkins what an intro i know what an intro (laughs) i didn't know you've done some of those things ryan (laughs) hey i knew you did all of those things because i'm proud of you (laughs) my resume is pretty short in it (laughs) no right it's a good one so guys congratulations on this series film fans and horror fans are losing their minds over this and rightfully so it is ambitious it's thrilling it's a blast First of all, what do you guys think of the anticipation and excitement that is elevated by making the release of each one of these films its own special moment? We can go with you, Olivia, first. It's been so cool. I feel like it's been so cool, like having them have come out now, like seeing people get really excited, like like seeing the response of 94 and then going on like Tumblr and being like, here's my theory on like who the witch is. And I'm like, yes, like this is awesome. And then people being like so excited for 78 to come out was the coolest. And like at last night, like people I got like a message at like 2 a.m. that was like, it's six my time. And I stayed up to like watch 78 and it's awesome. And I'm like, yes, it is awesome. <laughs> you guys crushed it. And it's been so it's been so cool. It's been so cool. And I'm like, you and Ryan is too. We're both like huge horror fans. So to be in these movies, period, is so cool. And then to see it like resonate with people and for people to be like, the bread slicer kill was insane. I'm like, <laughs> that was insane. Right. Well, first of all, I, why you mentioned the bread slicer kill, you were obviously on set. Were you on set for that moment when they pulled that off? Yes. It was a little different on set because it was like, Julia, who plays Kate, got like shoved through a bread slicer with no blades. And then they filmed like they made this insane dummy of her head. Yeah. Very decapitated. (laughs) Uh, And it was really gross and like covered in fake blood and cake. And we got to like look at that for a super long time. But yeah, the fight sequence and stuff is so crazy, but it was cool to be on set that day. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's glorious. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a bit more yeah. about what goes on at that grocery store in a little bit for everyone that's seen 94. But going to you, Ryan, again, that same kind of question. What do you think of the anticipation that has been building for each one of these and kind of making each one its own event? It's been so fucking exciting and just like. I I don't know. The plan was always to release them in a similar fashion, even when it was theatrical, which as soon as I heard about that, that was so attractive to me. I was like, what the fuck? That's never been done before. I want so desperately to be a part of that attempt. And it's been so fucking cool to see it fucking work. And I love, yeah, similarly, like going on Twitter and seeing everyone's theories and stuff. And 78 just came out today and everyone's making these like, 
gay ships of like me and Emily Rudd's character, which I adore. Oh. I'm so happy about. But yeah, the response has been so cool. And I think also like, I don't know, it's it is just a fucking honor to be a part of these. Like, like yeah. Olivia said, we're both huge horror fans. And to be a part of these movies that love the genre so much and and take these gorgeous classic tropes and just flip them on their head. Like that's such a joy to play. And I'm so, so glad everyone's responding to them so well. It's, it's, it's been a blast. We're going to get all into your love of the horror genre in a second here, but one last thing just about kind of the promotion and eventizement, if that's a word of uh, (laughs) of these films, it's being enhanced by these incredibly fun things like the pop-up retro video stores Ah. in places all over the UK and here in LA. What do you like about the way that these physical events allow viewers to feel like we're part of the experience with you guys? I hate scary mazes. I hate them (laughs) so much. I'll go to Horror Nights. I won't do the mazes. And I knew about the pop-up. I didn't know it was a scary thing until I got there. And I was like, yeah, we're going to like take pictures, right? And then people were fucking chasing me with knives. I had a a horrible time. (laughs) I mean, it's great. It's so cool to see like, like, you know our friends-ish, like, chase us through this store. Like, people dressed up like our friends. Like, that's insane. And it's so difficult to wrap your head around. But it's really cool and also horrible. I hated it, but it was great. (laughs) Is it really different than going to a haunt and having people chase you and then being in a horror film? I would feel like that's kind of the same thing. Too last night, I was like, I can do this. I filmed these movies, and then I was like, this is very different. (laughs) (laughs) When you're on, yeah. When when you're making a movie, it's like, okay, this guy's gonna come at me here. I know this. I have to act this way. This is all scripted. It's fucking a free for all in that little maze, and you're trapped. It's a tiny hallway. You can't go anywhere. You don't know who's coming at you when. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, when you're making a movie, you're like, they will jump out after I say this line. Yes. And this was just uh, a free for all. (laughs) You know, I get that. I'm always just on guard. I'm like, someone's going to come at me any second. And I'm just always prepared. Well, you guys do such a (laughs) great job at at capturing the raw feeling of fear in these films that, yeah, I guess as viewers, you figure it'd be be the same thing, but I guess it's not. You guys are just awesome actors. (laughs) So let's talk about just the trilogy being the ultimate love letter to horror. It wears its references on its sleeves and has fun with them from Scream to Stephen King. What are your earliest experiences with horror films as a viewer? We'll start with Olivia. Okay. Oh, my parents didn't care about movie ratings. The first movie that they ever took me to as a little baby was Blade. Like they were like, we want to see Blade. We have this baby now. I guess she's going to go see Blade with us. (laughs) So my mom was like, you were like months old, but that's got to have drip fed into your subconscious somehow. And um, yeah, so I the first movie I ever saw was Blade. Technically didn't see it. I was but I heard it and was there. And then my dad showed me Scream when I was like super young before the first time I was ever going to have a babysitter. And then after the Drew Barrymore scene, he paused it. He's like, what'd we learn? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, you don't answer the phone. And we're going to lock the doors. We're going to lock the windows. And we're not going outside. And I was like, got it. That's very cool. Very effective way to learn a lesson. But then he was like, do you want to watch the rest of this movie? And I was like, yeah. And then it was really funny and really cool. And I've had a fear of garage doors since then. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I just feel like I was always watching 
scary. I was always watching scary movies. I'd watch like the Twilight Zone all the time, which isn't necessarily, but it's, you know, in the in the genre in the world. I'm curious about like your your interpretation of Scream when you first saw it being one of the first horror films you've seen and having yeah. that be such a movie that calls off to all these other classics. Yeah. Did you go back and see all those other movies that they talked about and did it, the whole yeah. thing make more sense afterwards for you as well? Oh yeah, cuz it was definitely like a thing where my dad was like explaining things to me as we went on, but at the joke in the first scene where she talks about the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And she, yeah, the first one's good, but the rest of them suck. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny to go and watch them now. And like Jamie Kennedy, like yelling at the TV and saying like, don't do it, Jamie. Like, that's such a great, like the best meta reference ever in that movie. So it's been fun because when I watched it as a kid, I was like, this movie rocked. And then like watching all the other movies and then going back and watching it later was just the gift that kept on giving. That makes it so How great. old were you when you saw Scream? I'm just curious. Maybe like six. I was like, I was pretty young. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, you can handle this. You're like a spooky kid. You know what I mean? Like, I think you got this. <laughs> <laughs> and then how about you, Ryan? First, first horror film experience. So I super different, like, didn't watch any horror growing up. It scared the shit out of me. I was like, I just wanted, I kept it at a far distance, but I would always like read Wikipedia pages for scary movies that were coming out. Cause I was so <laughs> curious, but my first, and, and then it was, it was like, I think seriously, like maybe six years ago, I got super into the genre and then like dedicated my whole like college experience to like studying horror films. Oh, that's amazing. Um, it was so fun. But I think my first experience with a scary movie, my little brother is the kid in insidious. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. And I was on set like the whole time for that, which was the greatest experience I could ever imagine. Like one, everyone was so lovely, but also like it was truly such a little indie movie. It was just like a passion project for everyone involved and seeing how James would like develop these monsters and like make them tick and like create this incredible world was so exciting. And that movie scared the shit out of me when I saw it. it, it, it they're so good. I That's fucking so love the The first two are incredible. The second one's so fun. The oh, second one's so good. So the second fun. one's so good. I love the Insidious movies. And I think that was like, a really special experience getting to be there and like understand like really how horror films tick was incredible. And then Lee Winnell is like still a very good friend and he like helped shape my horror loving like childhood for sure. He would give me like Neil Gaiman books and stuff like kid horror stuff, which was great. But yeah, just like I like six years ago, me and Olivia like went to one October we were like, fuck it, let's do it. And like every rep theater in LA that was showing a scary movie, we just went out like every weekend and saw whatever we could. And that was really the birth of like my love of the genre, I think. Yeah. Because what was the one, there was one that we saw and I think it was your first time to see it. And I don't remember what it was. Was it Carrie? Were you there for Carrie? We saw Carrie at the Vista. I saw Carrie at the Vista. Oh, it was Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, oh, we got to see Texas Chainsaw. Oh, yeah. you, got, you got to see it together for the first time when... Yeah, it was her first time. And I was like, oh, you're going to love. Wow. And then we saw Texas Chainsaw 2. Yeah. An underrated classic. In my so life. good. And we saw yeah. like Fire Walk with me and Harry Dean Stanton had just passed away. And like his title card comes up and everyone like stood up and cheered. It was the best. It was the best October of my life. It was my favorite October ever. It was the ever. best October ever. 
I'm curious, Ryan, what did you think when you first saw Texas Chainsaw? What about it pulled you in? Oh, my God. I love that movie so fucking much. It's it, it's such a raw film. You really that you they don't. It's such an unconventional movie as well, because they don't spend the time doing like the normal like here are the characters and here are their personalities. And like you're getting to know them. They're just kids in this world. And you're just like thrown in it with them. And it's so campy and also so upsetting. Like, I feel like Texas Chainsaw doesn't hit any of the normal horror beats. And you're just watching this bizarre, kind of fantastical, kind of just like normal real world people go through this horrible, endless thing. The scene where the the old man, the like old man corpse is like sucking on her finger crazy it's just so upsetting and it's so fun i show that movie to people whenever i get a chance i adore that movie um perfect movie it's a 10 out of 10 yeah also like i i love practical effects so much Mm -hmm. i think they're just so upsetting i i understand the need for cgi in, in horror films but something about understanding that like that's there that's physical that is gooey and rubber and like in your face is so disgusting. And that movie utilizes that so fucking well. I love Texas Chainsaw. Olivia, you're from Texas, correct? Yes. Did you ever go to any of the filming locations? Oh, yes. I was like, I've been. Ryan, they turned the gas station into a restaurant. (gasps) Yeah, I know. That's horrible. And I'm like, people kept trying to go with me. And I was like, I can't just go with anyone. And I was like, I need to wait until Ryan can come to Austin and we can go (laughs) together because it's a barbecue restaurant now. Of course. Like, so gross. And like, oh, like, but you can go. And but yeah, like my grandparents, when they kind of lived down the middle of nowhere and we'd always like drive past the house and stuff. So it was kind of just part of my existence growing up like Texas Chainsaw having like taken place and being filmed like around where that's I was. That's right. At. I remember you, because the movie starts right with like one of those signs that's like, don't pick up hitchhikers. They might yeah. be like escaped prison. And I was like, oh, I know where that is. Yeah. <laughs> the prison they're talking about when that prison sign comes up that doesn't say pick up. <laughs> that's incredible. Did you guys see the 2003 remake with Jessica Biel? I've only seen the first two movies, actually. I'm really hesitant about horror remakes or any like horror sequels. Like I've only seen the first Scream. I'm like, I'm just afraid to touch. A purist. Scream 2. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure they're all good. I'm just like, I don't even watching Texas Chainsaw 2. I was like nervous about, but I love it. So like, I'm sure they're great. You know, Texas Chainsaw 1 and 2 both have a lot in common with Fear Street 78. Oh, yeah. In aesthetic, yeah. even like even the look kind of the film grain and colors, obviously the outfits being in the 70s, but all the the witch cave scenes as well are really harking back, especially to Texas Chainsaw 2. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but that's I mean, the, the, the weird romance between like Leatherface and the lady in the second one in those caves is so cool. <laughs> so it's incredible. We, we, I remember we left. We saw it at the Egyptian theater in Hollywood on like 35 millimeter. And we left. And we're in the, we're in like that courtyard. And we were like, that movie was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, I feel proud to be from Texas. This is the oh. first film I've ever seen. I was like, it made me feel happy to be from here. I snuck a Beyond Burger into that screening because I like, had dinner. 
And I was like, oh, I'm going to, yeah, from Veggie Girl. I was like, I'm just going to eat this while we're watching the movie. I don't know why I did that. It was like the worst, it, it was the worst decision. I wanted to vomit like the whole time. It was great. <laughs> so like, I'm going to eat my Beyond Burger like, wow. And I was like, you do you. Now we got to ask just recent horror faves, things that have come out in the past five years or so that you guys have just been blown away by. Well, I saw your Ready or Not shirt. I love Ready or Not. Amazing, right? Ready or Not. Like I've seen it like five times because I keep showing it to people because I'm like, this is a good, it's like a 90 minute tight, fun, scary, cool horror film, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're doing the Scream remake. Yes, they are. Yeah, they just wrapped it up too. I can't. Oh my God. I know I saw on y'all's Instagram that great screen grab from the post production, but. I loved that. I love the Insidious movies. I've told, I remember meeting Ty for the first time and him being yep. like, Stop, I'm going to baseball practice. And I was like, real quick, um, <laughs> I'm really older than you. Would love to talk real quick about when you're passed out with those bloody handprints on you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Insidious 1 and 2 are so good. Are yeah. so good. I'm really excited for the, the new one that they're, they're about to make. I, think that's that's- I know, I saw that they're making a new one. Yeah, I think it'll be good. I'm I'm super stoked. Is Ty a part of it? This has been good. Can you say? Has that been announced? <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe. Uh, yes. I, maybe I'm breaking the news right now. All right. We'll see. We'll He's see. Supposed to be, or maybe not. I don't know. But Patrick's directing, which is like really fucking. Like, what did you say? Patrick Wilson is is directing it. Um, oh yes, I did. I'm so excited for. I'm so excited for him. I'm super happy for him. Yeah, he's um, my. Of recent horror, I adored Invisible Man. That was like one of the last movies I saw before the pandemic hit. Yep, same with us. I'm so glad I I got to see that in the theater. I adored that movie. I mean, Lee is so talented. I also loved, what was his first first directing movie? The movie he did, Olivia, what was it? Right before Invisible Man. It's like kind of a sci-fi film. Should I look? Yeah, we can look at upgrade. Thank you, Lee. Upgrade. Oh, upgrade. oh yeah, upgrade, upgrade is fantastic. So cool. Such a fun a a sequel or TV series coming for that, Leo? <gasps> you, it's one or the that other. So cool. I would love a show. I would love a series. I could totally make that a cool show. Oh yeah. yeah. The really cinematography cool. is incredible in Upgrade. Like yeah. the fight scenes. Yeah, the fight so scenes cool. were spectacular. How they did oh, that, and, the and it starred the dude great. from The Invitation, which is yeah, one of the best the movies. So good. I you love the I love. I love. I love Karen. We love Karen. We love Karen. Jennifer's body. I, oh my Jennifer's fucking body. god! I met. I. I. I had a director session with her once. No way. I didn't realize it was her. Like I had never like seen her face. Yeah. And I, for some reason, like my brain was just broken, and I regret every day not being like, "Hi, I love you." Uh, <laughs> you make the greatest movies ever. She, she said, said before in an interview that her favorite movie is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Was she a good woman of taste? A woman of taste. She's amazing. I love, I love the vision. And Jennifer's body is like one of my favorites in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I told this to Ryan the other day, but did y'all see Luz, the German movie? L-U-Z? No. Oh, Do my tell. God. You guys, Luz is a good We have to watch movie. it. We got to watch it. It's like not, it's like an hour. Like, it's not even a full hour and a half or anything, but it is like, they do not waste time. That movie is incredible. Incredible. I bought the score on vinyl. The, oh, it's yeah. incredible. It's really, really good. I think it's on Shutter, maybe. Oh, I, I also wanted to mention Green Room. I, that's a, that's, yeah. 
that's just just because I love that movie so much. I David Thompson cinematic universe. Yes. David it, Thompson, who's Ryan at the beginning of 94 is in Green Room. Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He interviews them. He yeah, he's got the crazy mohawk. He's so good in that movie. Um, yeah, I love Green Room. I adore it. That is another movie that just feels so raw. Because also all practical effects, like someone getting shot in the face with a shotgun, that's practical. That's not CGI at all. The that was one of the first movies attacking their arms. That movie is so upsetting and so good. And I, I love that it. it's also break. like what? That was the first movie in a while that I've had to like take breaks. Yeah. You know? It's like movies don't usually get me like that, but Green Room was one where I was like, all right, I'm gonna pause it and sit here for a second. Yeah. And around. The Boo Crew will be right back. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. This is the horror movie to end them all. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from New Line Cinema. Rated R. No one under 17 admitted without parent or guardian. Speaking of having to take breaks, this has got to be mentioned. 2015, Ryan Uh did a movie directed by Adam Mason. One of the fucking scariest things I think we've ever seen. Hangman. (laughs) Oh my God. Right. With yourself, your brother's in it and Jeremy Sisto and Kate Ashfield from Shaun of the the Dead. Dead. Unbelievable. Yes, I know. That thing was terrifying. Olivia, have you seen it? Have you seen Hangman yet? Should we watch this, Ryan? You can watch it if you want to. It's insane. <laughs> no, that We like, had to what? take breaks during it when we saw it a few years back. It's a weird little movie. It's, it's like found weird. footage on a really cool level. Like a fa- She's in a family that goes away on vacation. While they're gone, someone breaks into their house, outfits the whole thing with cameras. And then yeah, from then on, what I you see it. is all told through the story of no score. Yeah, I loved shooting that movie was so cool because it kind of felt like theater because it is all of these like home security cameras that was capturing us. So blocking it was really interesting, but we could also like do scenes moving through rooms of the house, not having to really worry about like, is this picking this up? Like it just picked up everything. And so much of that, Jeremy, I've known for years and years. He's, he's, he's an incredible guy. And Kate's also amazing, but like me, Jeremy and Ty, have such a personal relationship that we could just like improv through it because our chemistry was so natural and so real. So it, it felt like a weird version of theater. That movie is really, that's a really cool movie. Oh, I can't believe you guys brought that up. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And then Olivia, the work you did on, on panic is spectacular. And what did you learn about yourself at the end of production through putting yourself through the emotional journey of a character across like a 10 episode arc. Yeah. I I feel like a lot. I definitely learned like as an actor, I learned a lot about like self-preservation sure, and like pacing myself. Cause I feel like for, I filmed fear street first and it was something where I was like, I'm so excited. I'm giving it everything every day. Like I will exhaust myself to the point of no return. And that like, you know, worked because Sam gets so um, ill (laughs) in those movies. 
Um, but then like with panic, like I was, and I was just like, panic was so like, I worked like six days a week, all like all the time. Like I did like really long shoots for panic. And so I just learned a lot about like pacing Mm -hmm. and, and how like that was that, like how I could give more to my performance if I like, like acted in the ways of self-preservation, which was nice. And I feel like a good lesson to learn because when you're a young actor, don't you feel like this, Ryan, you're like, I'm giving it everything. Yeah. And it just doesn't like you, you exhaust yourself past the point of being able to like perform. Yeah. So that was like a very valuable lesson that I learned and happy that I learned kind of early. Yeah. Pacing is like a huge lesson to learn in acting. I think a lot of young, we all go through it. It's like, yeah, you want to just give your all, which sometimes depending on the project, like it works, but Mm -hmm. I worked right after fear street. I did a movie with Russell Crowe. And he taught me so much about pacing. He was like, there are moments where you need to hold back. And there are moments where you're allowed to slow down and really get into it. But you need to have those slow moments. Like everything else needs to have the rhythm and the pace and the holding back. So that the slow ones hit, it was like such an incredible lesson. Cause I, I was, I was just like, I'd never thought about it like that. He's such a machine in the way he works. Yeah, that's a huge lesson to learn for sure. Yeah. And Olivia, is there any any talk or, or any buzz about a season two of Panic? I mean, it ends on a cliffhanger pretty much. You know what? No one will tell me. Huh. No one will <laughs> tell me anything. As it goes, I know huh? absolutely nothing about anything all the time. And it's not even me being like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like, know. I'd love to know. I would love, I'd love to, know. to know. I'd love to know the answer. You know what I mean? It films in Austin. I'd love to know if I have to. Know. <laughs> but, right. That'd be nice. But, but well, I mean, we'll see. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be, cra- it would be a crazy season two. Cause we, I mean, season one is crazy. A tiger eats someone. Like, <laughs> where will we go? You know what I mean? But I would be very fascinated to see what they do with season two as simply a bystander, not even as the act at, at the lead, but. We can't wait and we hope it happens. So getting into Fear Street, Leo, lead us in with a question of creating these scary moments. While filming this series, were there any fun times on set where they scared you to get a good reaction out of you guys? (laughs) She tried once. There's a there's a scene where so I've learned something about myself that when I get hurt, I like really internalize the pain and don't react outwardly. (laughs) And I don't know where that came from in my life. But I just don't react like I can like I've like fractured my tailbone before and been like, I'm fine. I will walk away like I show very little pain on my face. And there's the scene in 94 where like Kiana and I are in the bathroom and we're about to do like the the whole like blood plan with the blood on the floor and in the where we explode them in the bathroom and I have to cut my hand open. And Lee was like, why can't you just act like you're in pain? <laughs> the only moment that she got like frustrated with me over the over the set or over like the time filming. And I was like, I don't know. I'm so sorry. And then at one point she came up and like pinched me on the arm and she was like, anything? And I was like, no, I was like, I don't know. I'll just try my best. I'll act, I guess. Harassing us. She just was trying to see if she could get even a little something out of me. How did they do the, the water tank gag with you? Oh, man, that was a crazy. We filmed the water tank. We filmed that scene for like three days, which was Whoa. like, the craziest. yeah, because it was you just like so that, much. right, Olivia? Yeah, I did it for real. I did it for real because. Yeah, I there was like just like a like, you know, like there was a, my I had a really wonderful stunt double and she was incredible. 
but she had like a panic attack, like being in the water. She like had a, a, a horrible panic attack and um, it was so sad. And she felt so bad because she was like, I'm your stunt girl. Like I'm supposed to say, and I was like, Jess, like you are, is fine. Like this is really not going well for you. Like I got it. So yeah, I did all the drowning stuff myself and it was crazy. And yeah, like basically there was like an actual practical lobster tank. Like the, it's the one you see in the movie. And then Kiana and I were on like an ice cream, like one of the ones at 7-Eleven where you get yeah. ice cream out of the thing that we're sitting on and it was like reinforced. And that's also what I like about these movies. There's like little details where I was like, you always as a kid want to stand on these ice cream things. And now we <laughs> and it's to drown me so that these killers don't kill us. But yeah, so I there's the tank and then the camera was like underneath sometimes and then sometimes to the side. And then I just would have to be like this in the water or sometimes like this. So I was like really bent over in some of the scenes, like parallel to the side of the tank. So it was like crazy. It like looks very normal in the movies, but the camera work and like the body positions in that scene were really insane. And then I would do this thing that really made Lee laugh because it's very like intense to film. You know what I mean? And it was like a lot of really crazy camera work and like even the camera like where the cameras did. like it was a very long day to film whenever we filmed the drowning stuff. And I would go in the water and I'd flip my hair up. Did you ever did anyone ever do this as a kid where you know this your is just you. Pool? Okay, but I so you, you flip your hair up and because your hair is wet. It like makes one big curl. I did it. Lee was like stressed out. And I was like, hello, I'm George Washington. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, what the fuck? She was like, me about that the other night. She was like, yeah, Olivia does this George Washington. <laughs> and it's like the thing that she's, I mean, I've known Lee for so long and she brings it up once a month. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it hit inside her that it's so memorable, but like, it's really funny. She talks about it all the time. And she, like a, she made me do it again so she could take a video of it. It was very funny to her. I was like, I do this all the time. Olivia, you get to play Possessed. How does one prepare for it? Is it, is it scarier to go there than one would think? And is it harder than it looks to play it as evil as you did and not come across as kind of over the top or goofy in, in doing it? Yeah, I think both. Because it, it, it definitely was dark. It was dark to play like the whole last act of 1994. Like, like, cause it was a thing where I was like, as an actress, I was like, okay, to play Sam, I have to think about the fact that it's like, I'm alive right now, but I'm about to die. And I know I'm about to die. And like, what does that mean? And like, will you be the same when you come back? And like, what does that take? Like, what kind of toll does that take on someone? And like, in those moments of being like, I'm about to die and I might not come back to life, but I hope I, you know, like that put me in like a very strange place and like, got me thinking about a lot of things. And then you're just like in a hotel room in Atlanta being like, I have to think about death tomorrow, you know, like, <laughs> it's very bizarre. And then, yeah, like the possession stuff was very, yeah. Cause it's so dark to play the possession stuff. So that was kind of interesting. But the, I think the, the biggest thing with that was like, Lee and I talked a lot, like you know, possession movies have been around for so long and like the exorcist is kind of standard. And then you, you go from there. Yeah. And I was like, I want to make sure that this is different and not like a, just a, a cop out performance or like, you know, just like aping on something that exists. And we really tried to make it something unique, but also like fit in that world and paid homage to the possession stuff that we liked and also made sense. Like she is just possessed. 
But yeah, I watched like Possession from 1981. Love that movie. That's like the maybe the best possession scene of all time. And the ways that she plays, like losing her mind in that movie, I tried to use a lot of that for like the uh, sprinkling that in to lead up to that possession stuff. And then it was cool too, because we were like, who is Sam? And then who is Sam when she's possessed? Because she's not dead. You know what I mean? Like all these other killers are dead and they're but a void for this evil. But Sam still like exists and she's still alive. So like, what does that mean? So it was really like an acting challenge and very like complex thought wise. And like Lee and I had a lot of really great conversations about it. And it was something that both of us, we got to it and we're like, man, like this is really, we got to really think on this one. It was cool to work with her on that and then get to play it and like fine tune it as we went. You're so, you're so scary at the end of 94. When you stab Kiana, you you are genuinely frightening. Thanks. And that was like the third day of filming. That's insane. So I was like, we, cause we filmed in the house first. And so that like, it was literally like our third day of filming. They're like, yeah. And then you're going to stab her today. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to come up with this possessed thing real quick. Brilliant. Leo, take us to 78 real quick with Ryan. Man. <laughs> yeah. Since you mentioned that uh, water tank scene, uh, I was thinking, you know, Olivia, your character goes to some pretty dark challenges at the end of 94. And then Ryan, you're the catalyst in 78 who's interested in following the fear lore at the summer camp and sometimes getting stuck in smelly places. <laughs> um, I'd love to know what was the most challenging scene or sequence to shoot? Oh God, that's a good question. I mean, the, the, when we're in the like moss cave, and uh, Sadie and Gary are like pulling me up with the bucket. That was scary. I mean, I felt safe, but that was like probably the biggest, one of the bigger stunts that I had to do. And it was like, I have to focus on being safe. I don't want to like lose circulation in my legs and I'm in pain. And then I have to fall. And then a man falls on me. That was just like a very technical moment. But also, it's such a quick moment in the movie, but it was such a huge deal on set. There's the scene where it's like right when we go into the caves, we crawl through this little tiny cave and Tommy Slater chases after me and Emily. And it's like this little tiny fight scene in this very small cave. And also the caves on set were super sharp. They were like, for some reason, like if you... It was because it's cement. It was like styrofoam that they had carved out yeah. and they coated it in cement. So and, I, and real dirt and cement on yeah. the floor as well. So it was like a physically painful place to be. If you touched the wall, like you would get cut and bleed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then we had to do this fight scene in the middle of this, uh, this teeny tiny cave, which was also really fun. Like I loved doing all the stuff in the caves because it, it felt like I was like in Indiana Jones or something. Like it was such a dream or it's it, obviously Goonies. It's like so Goonies, but we do this little fight in the cave. And then I, I pull Emily out and we have to collapse the tiny cave by like kicking against the wall and all of these rocks come down. And that was really me and Emily doing that. It was like, we had one shot to get it right. And there, these cement styrofoam rocks like tumbling down on top of us. And that was really intense. That, there was like a lot of pressure there to like, to like nail that, but it, we did it. And it was really cool and super exciting. And yeah. Everything in the caves was just, was just a blast. What about that blob thingamajig in the middle? Is that a puppet? Oh, what is that? Gosh. So yeah, that's a it was practical. That's oh, practical. Wow. There's like, I mean, obviously like, there's a bit of CGI on top of it. There's like yeah. the flies and stuff. Yeah. I was like, all oh, those flies. Yeah. On no set, 
it was like a yeah it was like this rubber mechanical puppet that was like thumping it like had a heartbeat which is a dream come true to me like i i said this earlier i love practical effects yeah um and i've never really done a film where i get to work with them and that was probably one of my favorite things to shoot not only because it was like there but also like i got to interact with it it was like it was like a it was like a co-star or something like yeah. i got to touch it and like feel it and breathe with it it was so fucking cool and did um, someone go underneath inside it too do you remember this no oh oh that might have been for when does this happen in 78 when you see the things come out of it yeah at one point near the end yeah, yeah. so one or two that, things come that out might of have it. been that because there was one day where a, a, like one of like someone on Chris's team like went under the set and into it to like manipulate the it was like had, an animatronic and also a puppet like it was the craziest it was the coolest thing in the whole world and it yeah. was so slimy I love so that slimy. I got hurt that black that. blood goo was yeah. so slippery everyone yeah. fell all the time there's like it's like it's like you have this that you have the thing, the blob, the heart of darkness, mm-hmm. and then around it is this cracked floor where it was really like you were hopping on stepping stones to get to it. And in between the the, the stepping stones was just this like, yeah, black blood. That was the slipperiest. Oil. It was oil. It was like oil. Yeah. And if you weren't careful, you would just eat shit, which I did. Um, I have to like, there's a moment where I like have a vision of like, Cindy is like a zombie and I have to run past her. I fell so fucking hard doing that. Yeah, we your bone, that. your bone came right out of your ankle. We saw it. <laughs> exactly. well, I, I, that, right. I actually, that was practical too. I said that was practical. Oh, I sent a picture of that to my mom. I was like, I fell on set today. And she was like, oh. Quiet. oh no. <laughs> um, oh my God, I injured and hurt. Yeah, that was fun. I scared her a lot with all of our practical effects. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. we're going to cut it right here. Guys, we could talk to you for another full hour. I, I swear. I know, and we I should really, we yeah. should really pick it up. Maybe after 1666 airs, we'll do this. We'll do this again. Yeah. We'll have you guys all come by. We're, we're out in Burbank. We'll have you guys all come by. Oh, we'll yeah. do a. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're going to enjoy. Let's do this. Okay. Yeah. We'll do this. We'll set this up. All right, guys. We can't wait for 1666. We've seen it. We yes. know the audience is going to love it. Yes. Congratulations on this event. And thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us today yes thank you all right and thank you netflix for the extra time we love you and appreciate it so much thank you all right you guys have a killer day see ya that was the boo crew podcast episode 241 special thanks to our guests ryan simpkins and olivia scott welch the fear street trilogy is exclusively on netflix now at time of release the third and final installment fear street 1666 out friday july 16th Production tracks provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it is the Boo Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand. And chopped and sliced by Trevor Shan. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. 
the bloody disgusting podcast network home of the boo crew for horror-centric interviews scp archives weekly full cast storytelling horror queers genre commentary from an lgtbq perspective and creepy for disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts